When I put together an episode of the podcast, I have to try to put myself in the listener's shoes. I have to keep up with the information that I've released versus the information that I know. And with every episode, I have to ask myself, what is the question that listeners are asking after hearing this? I know what I would be asking if I were on the other end of this deal. What about the mother? Where is Cindy? I'm Brandon Barnett, and this is Searching for Ghosts. I'm glad that I'm not from Milan. I had no knowledge of anything about this case when I started searching for ghosts. I just remembered seeing the billboards when she went missing over 20 years ago and some news reports scattered here and there. As I started investigating this, I soon learned something. Everyone in Milan has a theory of what happened to Casey, and the town is split on who are the good guys and who are the bad guys. One person will recommend that you talk to someone, while another person will claim that that someone cannot be trusted. Milan is a small town, and everyone seems to know everyone else's business. And with this case, it's not as if you can just look at someone's criminal history to determine if they are credible or a possible suspect. It seems that everyone I look into has had some sort of run-in with the law. It's staggering, actually. And any disclaimer I receive on a certain person is given so casually, like, he's been in prison three times, but he's a good guy. Wait, what? So I came into this thing with a blank slate. And to be honest, I'm skeptical of everyone. And at the same time, not prejudging anyone. I wasn't raised in the Gibson County bubble, so hopefully, I can be objective. But you also cannot ignore when certain names or theories keep popping up over and over again. And in one form or another, Cindy McDaniel, Casey's mother, always comes up. This is from a WMC-TV news report out of Memphis on the 14th anniversary of Casey's disappearance. Quote, Other parents who were close to Casey at church Question why Casey's mother, Cindy, waited so long to check on her daughter. Mama came in, doors were open, lights were on, and clothes were there, and they just went to bed, said church member Polly Fitzgerald. I'd be frantic. It'd scare me to death. I would have found out something that night. I wouldn't have waited till the next day. Something's not right, she adds. Unquote. But the more people I talked to in Milan, the more I realized that a lot of kids in that area were raised in a manner where they might just stay over at a friend's house with no notice. I only have my childhood to compare, and if my mom would have had access to GPS at the time, she would attract me constantly. But as I stated earlier, evidently, this wasn't the case with a lot of parents, including Cindy McDaniel. But the way the house was found still sends up a red flag. The next thing that people point to with Cindy is that she doesn't come to the vigils for Casey anymore, and that she has been off the radar for years. This also stood out to me when I first started my research. In fact, Cindy has basically been off the grid for close to 10 years. From reports that I can find, Cindy still attended the vigils as late as the 10th anniversary in 2006, from an article in the Jackson Sun in 06. Quote, Whether she never got to 15, or is a 24-year-old runaway somewhere, is the biggest thing that eats at her mother, Cindy McDaniel Bolton. There is no day that goes by when I don't think about her, McDaniel Bolton said. 
Thinking about what's happened to her daughter's friends breaks her down again. They're in college, getting married, having babies, she said through sobs on Monday, and we still don't know, unquote. But by 2010, WMC-TV reported in a one-off statement that, quote, investigators say they can't locate Casey's mom, Cindy, unquote. And just like with the story of how the house was found in 1996, it's the lack of information in these reports that screams the loudest. Then there are the stories of Cindy's history with drug and alcohol abuse. The talk is that Cindy and Steve, her boyfriend at the time, were at a bar in Jackson the night Casey went missing. Steve is currently in prison, and many of Steve and Cindy's known associates at the time have long criminal histories, violent criminal histories. So this has fueled theories over the years that Casey's abduction and possible murder were retribution for a drug debt. And apparently, the motive of a drug debt is not just small-town gossip. This appears to be the theory held by law enforcement. After months of reaching out, I finally spoke with the former lead investigator on the case, Jerry Hartsfield, who now lives in Canada. He wasn't bashful in expressing his thoughts about a possible motive. Well, uh, at first, it didn't take long to just uh, decide that uh, it was something strange about it. Right. That uh, it was, uh, I thought it was an awful suspect. You know, a child like that, it just, it just don't disappear. It's just uh, not, not the child like she was, because she was a good Christian child. Right. With the uh, background and everything. You just don't run away. She had no, she was no reason to run away. Right. And uh, we got that call, of course, I, I spent an entire year nothing but that case. Mm. I had a super boss at that time, went for McCoy, and uh, he, he took me off everything and told me just to concentrate on that case. Right. And, uh, and I traveled, I traveled several different places, uh, and I had calls from all over, all over the United States. And, uh, of course, we... We questioned a lot of people, uh, the mother, uh, I don't know, because I, I knew the whole family, and uh, that makes it tough, too. Yeah. But, uh, and I don't know, and I always thought that, uh, after all the investigation, that somewhere down the line there was uh, drugs involved. Right. Not with Casey, but with the other part. This may have been a revenge thing. And it's a revenge thing. Right. To get back at the family. So, do you think that you think that Cindy knows what happened? May not have been a part of it, but knows. I personally, I do. Yeah. That's just that's my feeling. According to Hartsfield, Cindy was questioned numerous times, including by the FBI, but there was never enough evidence to prove that Cindy was either directly or indirectly responsible for her daughter's disappearance. The mother actually failed the polygraph test uh, two or three times. Wow. And, uh, she, she got real mad upset with the FBI, and after she failed the polygraph test and throwed such a pen over a 
Right. They were just asking normal questions, uh, like through any investigation. And uh, she got awful upset. Told me she, I'll never speak to FBI again. And uh, I never did. But according to the interview I conducted with Dawn and Kathy a few weeks ago, Billy Hell from the National Missing Children's Locate Center told Cindy to expect to fail the lie detector test. And the FBI never come to her house or talked to nobody. She just had, would have to go to Jackson, Jackson. and talk to them. Okay. Right. And, and she, she failed all her polygraph tests. Yeah. Steve passed his. But, but, but she Billy got to told. know her defiance. Well, Mr. I, Billy had already told me she's going to fail. Well, and uh, Jan, that would take her over there, said, agreed with what she told me, how they would, what, we know you killed her, what'd you do with the body, and just, and you have to understand Cindy's mindset to authority figure, cops, you know. Yeah. Although never officially declared a suspect, at least in the media, I've heard from numerous people around at the time that law enforcement zeroed in on Cindy from the beginning. It appears that they felt that she was connected to Casey's disappearance in one way or another. The fact that Cindy has all but disappeared herself doesn't help her case in the court of public opinion. So many that I've talked to all point to the fact that she isn't currently publicly trying to find answers in her daughter's disappearance as an indication of guilt. But in those early Mirror Exchange articles from 1996 and 1997, it appears that Cindy was involved. The October 1st edition states that Cindy was one of the people who helped secure funds to bring in Valerie, the search and rescue dog from Episode 2. Cindy also spoke to the press one year later on the first anniversary of Casey's disappearance, asking the public not to forget about her daughter. Cindy was the one who contacted a psychic to help in the case. She and Billy Hell were even on the Lisa Gibbons show looking for answers. Let's see if that gift can reveal the suspect in the Casey McDaniel case right after this. Judy Boylan's sketch is next. We're wearing yellow ribbons today because there's some kids out there who are missing and maybe in trouble. And uh, our dearest wish is that they find their way home safely. I have to say again to Casey's brother and her cousins, uh, it's so wonderful that these, these boys, these young men, have really given so much of their hearts and their time and their energy. They've got the flyers. Show the flyers, guys. They've passed these flyers around and have for a long time. And you're hoping that somehow Casey gets, gets some work from today, aren't you? In the interview from a few weeks ago, Don and Kathy talk about their firsthand knowledge of Cindy's involvement in those first six months. And Cindy just knew Casey was in that levy. And she went out there and talked to his wife at the time, wanting to see if get the police out there and she said no and then me and Cindy went to Huntington and got a map, an aerial map, because I don't know who it was, somebody got the helicopter. But I was with Cindy when she went to the courthouse to get the aerial view for the airplane. That's what we were doing where the police weren't doing nothing. Mm -hmm. We was... Everybody was, everybody, well, too, I, I was with Cindy and I picked her up. We went and staked out with binoculars.
Was Cindy's silence in recent years the actions of someone complicit in their daughter's disappearance? Or are these the actions of someone prone to substance abuse, just worn out for being under suspicion for over 20 years? There were a lot of bad people surrounding Cindy, Steve, everybody. Just people that come up poor and had to hustle for a living, you know. Because she's a straight-A student. I mean, you have to give Cindy credit for something. Right. You know, she didn't have no money. She lived in Section 8 the whole time the kids were living, you know. And, you know, you're looking at a girl living on Section 8, trying to raise two kids. One of them straight-A student. She called on Donna a lot to buy massages stuff, but she never did let her miss a prom or anything. Right. You know, if she had to call for help, she'd call for help. I've been trying to locate Cindy since late last year, and I've heard everything regarding her location, from being in prison to moving out of the area. I had a source who told me that they had located her and that she was still around here. This source says that they gave her my contact info, but two months went by and I heard nothing. But after the launch of this podcast, I started getting some traction. I had family members contacting me, saying that they were working to connect us. Then on April 14th, I received a post on my Facebook timeline that read, Hello, Brandon. I'm Cindy McDaniel, Casey's mama. Would like to speak to you. Get back with me if you're interested. I immediately contacted one of Casey's cousins to see if this was legit. And it was. Since this was on my timeline and not in a private message, a lot of people saw it. One person contacted me stating that they took a screenshot of this and sent it to authorities. I'm still unsure why. A few days later, a source of mine and I were supposed to meet with the mayor of Milan to discuss releasing some of the police reports pertaining to the case. I had an emergency come up, and my source went without me. My source was told that a special investigator was being put back on the Casey McDaniel case. I finally felt like we were making progress. And to my knowledge, there hasn't been a special investigator on this case in over 10 years. So I reached out to my friends in the media in Jackson to verify this before I made the announcement. Not only would law enforcement not confirm this, my source received a phone call from the mayor's office scolding them for releasing this information. My source was told that law enforcement does not want the media involved. I understand that there are certain things about an open case that have to be guarded. But I wouldn't think that this would be one of them. Was law enforcement just telling my source what they thought they wanted to hear? Is the reason for not wanting this released to the media that they want to protect the integrity of the investigation? Or is it because there is no new special investigator? Meanwhile, I'd been working all week to set up a time to meet with Cindy. We had a tentative date of this past Saturday, April 22nd. That Saturday, I received a message from a relative of Cindy. This person stated that Cindy had been arrested that morning over some unpaid fines. Considering the events of the past couple of weeks, the timing of this arrest seems off to me. Arrested on a Saturday for unpaid fines? On the Saturday we were supposed to meet? And I found the mugshot. Her arrest has been confirmed. Is law enforcement sending a message? Are the old fines the real reason Cindy was taken into custody on a Saturday after publicly stating that she wanted to talk to me? Has the investigation moved up on the priority ladder within the Milan Police Department?
Is there anyone I can trust? You've been listening to the Left of Nashville Podcast Network. Mm-hmm.